1: Welcome back to South Coast tonight,
0: Friday night. I'm Marcus Farrow. Hey, I'm Chris McCarthy. And, of course, as always, um, we have one of our regular guests, our first guest originally, uh, mayor, former mayor of New Bedford, Scott Lang. So, Scott, I had, I had mentioned in the last hour, but I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit more about it now, is that your daughter, who works for Good Morning America, uh, put together a piece on the Uvalde School District, and they're trying to get back to normal with uh, football players and um must have been a very powerful, difficult p- piece
2: for Sarah to do I think it really was, and I think she indicated that the uh, i 'm sorry I apologize she uh indicated that the the air is just so heavy with grief and sorrow that uh, it 's very, very difficult to uh, go to Ivaldi and not be completely caught up in in the trauma and the you know i I mean that attack was something that destroyed that town uh-huh. and destroyed those poor. Kids and their families. Um, so what they focused on, which I thought was very interesting, was as you said, how there are some things in life, day to day life, that uh, will go forward. In this case, the school year. In this case, the first uh, major event, which is the Evaldi football team. Right. right? And they did a piece on these kids. And how they're trying to persevere, work their way through this, honor the young boys and girls and their families that died, uh, but at the same time, uh, try and let people know that we're gonna, you know, we're just gonna keep moving forward. And it was a very tough piece. I I, I got uh, texts from many people who said that they watched it and they became emotionally uh, involved in it, distraught because right. of it. Uh, Michael Strahan, who is uh, the one of the, uh, uh, I guess, the host. hosts of, yeah, the, yeah. of the show, and also does a lot of correspondent-type work. Right. Um, he did a great job on it, and it's natural because he's a football hall of famer. Right. right? Exactly. <coughs> so he get you know, he... he uh, Devastated he the gets. Patriots. Yeah. Devastated. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, he did. so, so, so I, I thought that piece was a great piece. Sarah's been traveling now for the past year regularly to all different very interesting Uh, areas doing all different interesting uh um production you know reporting production uh, journalistic type stuff so it's a lot of uh i think it's a real uh, learning growth year for her but she's uh you know hops on the plane and goes and this one uh, i think she flew into san antonio and then drove over to Avaldi, met a team there because wherever she goes there's going to be a team Sometimes she flies with one. Sometimes she meets them on the ground. In oh, okay. this case, she met a Texas team on the ground. She told me something interesting, though, that there's been a good morning correspondent there since uh, literally within hours after the okay. initial shooting, and they haven't left because they feel that it's a place that still on a daily basis needs to be you know reinforced, covered uh, in some way. It's... Um Football is very big in Texas. We
0: think it's big here, but nothing compared to Texas. Yeah. Um, but it, it is. Um, I watched the piece, and you can find it online, folks. If you haven't seen it already, um, I'd recommend you you look it up. Um, it is true that things go on. The rituals have to go on, right? Yeah. Um, things like the football games. You, you they know, have to go on.
1: This isn't. This isn't as in sheer numbers as tragic, and just in the sheer numbers, but. When I was at Stang, I played in, at Stang in, in 2000. Uh, I went there from, uh, you know, 03 to 07. But in 2006, my senior year football, we lost uh, one of our classmates, Matt Okay. He just, he died in such a, a, wee, a strange and random way. He just was, he, he had played football with us for a few years. He left to play soccer. He was a really good goalie. We did kind of give him a little bit of a hard time for playing soccer, okay. leaving us to play soccer, but he was a great kid. And... Uh, He went to one of our games, which was in Mashpee, and then on the way back, he, he died in the parking lot, basically, of a, of a church. He pulled into a church. He, w- he was complaining, I think, of headaches. He had some pains. And then he just died. Really? It shocked everybody. Of course. I remember the next day, because we were at practice, we were like, oh, my God. Like, someone said, Matt Benoit died. And I'm like, what do you Especially mean? You know. D- we're, dying at that age? Yeah. It was, yeah, six, uh, uh, 16 years old. That was terribly sad. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. And, terrible. But, but we had a game that week against Somerset. And we, it, you know... It got moved, I believe, a day. I think it got moved a day. But we had a game against Somerset. They asked us if they want to call it off call it off and we uh, or, or try to reschedule it. We said no. We're going to keep going. Right. We're going to move forward. That game, you know, Matts. Uh, I know Matt's father was there. His his sister was a JV cheerleader. She got moved up to varsity for that game, and it was an incredible game. It was a very close game against Somerset. We were a really good team that year. We we uh, we made it to the the playoffs that year, but um, it was an incredible game. It was a really close game, and we saw it was uh, we were down like four with um, uh, under a minute left. They kind of the we had a big lead. They crept up on us. And we had a really big run. We were on probably close to like the ten yard line, and then they call. Uh, we called the timeout. Right, I was on the field. I was that was a. I was a guard. Called the timeout. I didn't notice it because I'm in the zone. But okay. apparently on the on the board um, on the on the scoreboard there was a 15.6, which his jersey numbers and his jersey number of basketball is 15 his football number was 6 oh, that's right? Eerie, right so it was it was eerie and so then he threw you know he threw uh the, our, our quarterback rob we called the play it was a slant to the tight end in the end zone uh to a tight end mat through through it. it was a touchdown it was really like it brought everybody, I think, that moment, I think, was very intense. And I think it, it did a lot to, I think, bring everybody closer together, bring our class closer together. Because right. I think more than anybody, uh, you know, when you have that type of tragic thing that happens, I think it really, like, sort of uh, forges a lot of people together in fire.
0: Absolutely. No, no. But that it's it's, uh, it's incredible. It's how resilient the human spirit really is um, in all of this. Um, so was Uvalde... Is that the only, God, I hope it is, only, only type of mass shooting she's gone to that you know
2: of, Scott, so yeah, far? So, so Sarah used to be on what's known as the crash uh, team, okay. which means that any time there was a major news story, she right. would be involved in it. Um, lately, she's been doing uh, features, interesting features, and um, full-blown like when they do a five-minute segment or whatever, it might be like a mini little show, so she has been involved in in those. But when she was on the crash team, she would be involved in any major you know, news story, whatever it might be. Um, I think that you know, what she indicated to me now is that they're all at, at Good Morning America following the team. So last week, they won their first home game. They won their first away game. Okay, And I think they will... Try and follow this and and uh, and see no matter what it's going to bring the town together even if it's just on that Friday night lights type of right. level you know which is a big level in Texas and what Marcus just said is a perfect example of no one will ever forget Matt Benoit in no in, in his class in his family in the area because. He, you know, he left a mark, and then people memorialized right. Him immediately. Right? right.
0: The way the, the way Marcus just told that story it was like it happened yesterday. Yeah. Right. Um, the um, and look, the reality of it is, is that the people of Uvalde were terribly let down by the police department, which is an unbelievable betrayal. And particularly if you're a if you're a supporter of the police, right? You're a supporter of the police because you go, hey, when I'm in trouble, they're going to be there. And I think that's the case here. But man, to see what happened down there was such an unbelievable situation. Actually, compare that with your police department, Scott, at the time in New Bedford where, you know, um, Lieutenant um, uh, Spurlett drove the car right up. Another cop got shot in the face. Uh, You know, uh, they're running towards the gunfire, right? Right. You think about the local New Bedford police and what they've been involved in. Compare and contrast that with those folks down in Uvalde. Um, It's such an incredible betrayal. I'll only
2: speak one minute on that. The New Bedford Police Department rose to the... Highest highest level and occasion to uh, protect everyone that was at you know on Pope's Island uh, at the Foxy Lady on Pope's Island though right uh, Fairhaven Police obviously pitched in State Police came but the New Bedford Police led the spear. The interesting thing was though that obviously you had EMS and then you also had fire there. And I remember uh, the fire department uh, having one of their engines down, and they indicated uh, to me that. The, and it was being used as a shield by the way and, and literally I'm on the bridge and they're saying you know that this rifle has the uh, has oh, the yeah. distance could hit you no to, problem to, yeah to, to hit anybody here so stay behind the fire engine you know And the firefighters said they weren't sure who was still in the in the uh, club and they said uh, we, we've got five five guys and we have 50 that want to go but we're gonna drive the fire engine right up use it as a shield right up to the front for the police, you know. And uh, everybody looked at him and said, let's wait one minute before we do that. Right. (laughs) Just wait one minute. They're going, no, we got to go. Say, just let's wait one minute. And I wasn't making the call. Right. Uh, I was completely deferential to the chief, the fire chief, EMS, uh, you know, anyone who was there. What I was saying was, how can we help as a city government? But it's... uh, that was one of the saddest things you can imagine if you're a uh, supporter of the idea that our heroes run in, we run out, right? right? Because what they did was wait, and we don't know, we'll never know what they were waiting for at any given time. From the first time the kid flipped his or drove his truck into the right into the ditch, uh, I will say one thing. Though know, Sarah told me a story that uh, put a lump. Uh, in my throat, and she was uh, so sad because she said that football coach was part of the reunion uh, center to re to bring the parents and the oh, kids okay. together, right? So she told me the story that the the football coach who could not hold it to, on the on the story that you see, he's unbelievable. He's right. a great leader, right? right? But he said he and his wife were were involved in the reunion center after the shooting. The buses would keep the parents there. The buses would keep coming up, and as it was the most joyous occasion when some little kid got off the bus and parents went. Of course, hysterical, everybody and you know going. At this point, they know what happened, right? And she he said that uh, he said he's changed, can't not the same guy because it became very clear at a certain point that less and less buses were coming, and right. then no buses were coming. And we still had 21 families that were there waiting. And he said, I can't, you know, he basically said to Sarah, I can't talk about it. And that was it. And That's she, amazing. Said, she said, you can't go there without sobbing. I mean, even, no. I don't care if you're stopping for gas, right. you're in Ivaldi, you're at a certain point, you're gonna sob because it's the kind of place that the sorrow is so heavy. It's, it's you know, it's, it's it's seething, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's evil incarnate uh, showed up at that school and you, and you have to deal with it. So I love that piece that she did. And she, she really works very hard. And I, I, uh, I think she, uh, she loves what she does, but sometimes, you know, sometimes it's, a lot of highs. Sometimes it's a lot of very sad things.
0: Well, it's an important story, and you can, you folks can check it out on GoodMorningAmerica.com, or I think yeah. that's how you find it. It's the best way to find it. I found it. It's, it's it's a great, great, but it's a real story.
1: So we're speaking with um we're speaking with uh, former mayor of New Bedford Scott Lang. Um, uh, we appreciate you staying over. But before we let you go, you w- wanted to share a story, uh, something, uh, some comments about uh, Queen Elizabeth.
2: Well, I, I, you know, anytime you lose a. Uh, a world leader and that's what she was and, what, and she's not an elected leader she's you know born into it and and kind of funny circumstances because she was behind the the uh, uh the prince that or the duke whatever it was that that decided he'd marry his sweetheart rather than you know uh, right uh, end up being uh, uh, king um but i started reading a lot about World War II and and England and the Blitz and you know how they held together how they I mean how they defied actually we're watching it right now in Ukraine um, right that's a good and, point and Scott. I and I will give you I'll give you just a very quick uh, headline that is completely coincidental nine nine six forty five New York Times Ukraine attacks Russia along northern front swiftly making gains. Slava Ukraine, right? I mean, good. Thank God. Hopefully, they put some momentum in this, and and uh, people end up uh, going to the table, you know, try and broker some sort of peace here. Right. But that's the closest I can I can think of it, you know, right now, as to what England went through when when uh, Luftwaffe began, uh, you know, dropping bombs on them. Queen Elizabeth was in the middle of that. And that's why I first, you know, you'd see Queen Elizabeth, you go, oh, look at that. You know, she's 90. Right, right. Uh, that's right around the corner for me, but she's 90, right? <laughs> right. So you kind of look at it and you go, ah, oh, you know, this, this is interesting. And you know, you'd lean on and go, what did she just say? You know, type of a thing. Right. Uh, and then you see her on the Olympics with a bear or whatever it was, you're going, ah, oh, this is great. She's, she's like a national treasure. But she was a hard, hard young. Uh, woman eventually queen in the 50s but during the war 52 i think it was 52 so during the war uh, she was a major major figure uh that people rallied around and i was i was telling uh someone the nazis wanted to get rid of because she was rallying the people to the cause absolutely and and the funny thing is not not the tragic thing was she'd be there uh in england uh digging out bricks i mean she was she was as brave as, as anyone's ever been and a real leader Uh, she never had to run for election and she never and she kind of stayed out of politics other than the national spirit you know right right so losing a leader like that is is a tough thing now i know a whole new generation's coming up and you know this is kind of like uh the queen is dead long live the king type of a thing but she she was more than just a 85 90 year old person that many of uh, you know our younger people look at and say oh yeah that's the queen she's she just had her 95th anniversary, or 70th year, whatever it is. She was a real leader. The other thing I'll mention is that, uh, and this this is something to watch because this is very interesting in our area because I know we're all fans. Um, minor league baseball is organizing, and they're they're going to get a union. They've never had one before. Really? Yeah. And it's going to be very interesting because so minor league baseball players make three, four, five hundred 500 bucks a month for six months and nothing. This is going to improve their standard of living, but more importantly, it's going to give them a little bit of a say, uh, working conditions. Also, it, it may, in fact, make major league baseball toe the line a little bit with the way they're interacting with minor league baseball right now. Interesting. The major leagues have shut down 30 some odd minor league teams over the last year and they got away with it i think because of covid this is a natural reaction so in other words if every team has 30 kids on it so they knock out 30 of them that's 900 people who used to be employed in baseball right. that aren't right. anymore right but also when you say employed in baseball it's almost an oxymoron because we don't really think of if we'd all right now go be baseball players or football players whatever we want if we could and right. when they said, so how much do you want to make i'd say now you don't have to pay me, you know, <laughs> give, right, me, give, right. me, uh, give me, t- you know, 10 at-bats a week and I, I'm happy to do it. I would love it. you know? Right. So this is, this is kind of like a little bit of an interesting story from the standpoint of, uh, organized labor. And, and that, that's the last se- segue I want to go to. Let's talk about organized labor for a minute. Sure. Okay. Um, this election we had uh, some very interesting things, but this election we had in our own area, we had uh, organized labor, supported candidate um, that basically was motivated, I think, on one or two issues, one or two votes. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I always think that that is not the best way to make an endorsement. I think you have to look at a whole body of work. So when I'm talking about Chris Markey. Right. Chris Markey is a very good rep and, and yeah. represented working people very well. Let's not get hung up on a disagreement, one or two, three or four or five or ten, where right. you've got hundreds and thousands Hundreds and thousands, not hundreds of thousands, right. hundreds and thousands of different issues every day. And vote. There's a million details that right. are, are involved in running a society. So right. let's yeah. not judge someone by one or two things or filling out I think you mentioned the other day a questionnaire. Right. And then saying, okay, that questionnaire, you got you've got, you know, twenty years of public service and a questionnaire says, okay, that's that's well, a torpedo in the side of the boat. It's that incredible
1: well and and when we we talked to chris you know he started getting into like the deer population in dartmouth and like meat packing and so the growing agricultural the,
0: yeah, industry the issues in his district are so wide-ranging yeah you know i mean he was talking about the fact that he's got all this agriculture right and um the fact that he has a problem because the houses are too close and the guys, their they're, they're deers are eating all their their product and they can't shoot them. And, you know, he's trying to figure that issue out, right? right. And that doesn't fit on a questionnaire, right? right. right. That's, that's not something you're seeing on Fox News or MSNBC or, or any of that stuff where people think politics exists, but it's not real. Yeah. Right. That's television. That's garbage, right. right? I mean, as you know, Scott, the ideology goes out the window pretty quick when you're trying to run a city or a state.
2: Oh, yeah, there's, listen, it's day-to-day practical issues. Right. The ideology is all, is all the whipped cream on the cake. I mean, you've got to solve a problem, right. and you've got to solve it with people. The other thing I, I want to say, though, also, is that when I was a kid, when I worked at the DNC, John Perkins, Al Barkin first, and John Perkins were head of COPE down on 16th Street, the AFL-CIO. Okay. And the, the Get Out the Vote book had everybody wearing a hat, right, in right. the book. I mean, like one of those old Fedora type things. (laughs) And it was basically door to door, block to block, leaving a door knocker, you know, checking at the polls. I mean, it literally was getting out every one of your votes. And that's what organized labor did. And organized labor would do it in unison. So if they endorsed Harry Truman, whatever, there may be some people off to the side or John Kennedy, people off to the side. But basically they had that punch. Organized labor now, if they endorse someone, they don't necessarily put the manpower, people power, woman power behind that endorsement. Right. The phone banks are not there anymore. Right. The not door knockers are not there anymore. The people canvassing are not there anymore. Just small bits and pieces. If organized labor wants to elect people because they believe they have an organized labor agenda, they got to go shoulder to shoulder with those campaigns. So the perfect campaign for this. Is is a uh, Shannon Liss- Reardon. Shannon Liss- Reardon had the endorsement of every union in the state. Yeah. She did yep. And the answer is yeah, and so right, right, right. Because right. you would think just if they delivered just those votes, she would have won in in you know an enormous proportion. If they just went out and pulled the vote, it would have been much tighter. But so she ended up running a basically a carpet bombing campaign was only able to do it because she could afford it. Correct. Right. And basically went from 3%. I mean, she beat, basically what happened was she beat Poultry. She right. she went from 3% up Brutal, to but true. 37%, yeah. whatever it was. And it was all on TV. TV only get you so much. Right. Radio only get you so much. It's got to be person to person looking at people. Yeah. You don't have to be there. But Marcus has to show up at your door. You right. have to show up at the door, Chris, and say, I just want to let you know. I really would like you to think, consider, just go vote. I don't care who you vote for, but right. please consider. That's all I can ask you to do. Please consider, John Doe, Mary Smith, whatever. Right. So I think f- to be to be a force and labor's coming back. And the reason I mention minor league is because I think labor is on the move again, and minor league is is not the indication of it. But I think they're on the move again. But you got to put that old-fashioned, you know, gumshoe type of stuff on on the line. Otherwise. Doesn't work. I remember re- talking at the AFL-CIO convention in Massachusetts right after Scott Brown won, and you know labor had endorsed uh, Martha Coakley, like unanimously. Right. And I also had the polls that I was able to get the polls that showed that labor had voted for Brown like 6 to 40. <laughs> the members, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So it went up and I said, "Okay, seriously, you guys got to come up with a new model here. You get the endorsements. You, if you got the endorsements. You also have to have the votes." You know, or don't endorse. Right. You might have endorsed and goosed up the vote. Because there is a
0: gold standard to these brands. And you just can't go around taking the good brand and putting it on bad candidates and thinking it's going to work. Or doing nothing for them, right? Right. And the idea that Chris Markey's opponent was endorsed, when you think about all the real work he puts in... They might have a disagreement on a couple issues. We'll work with the man. The idea they're going to take him out because he doesn't agree hundred percent with them, with who they wanted to put, who they put forward, it's ridiculous. And I can't believe the membership is not it supports that sort of methodology.
2: Well, I'm sure they. I'm sure Chris got plenty of union votes. I'm sure he did. the, the other thing I want to say is I, I was happy to see. Uh, Bill Strauss get elected but I think this campaign will make him a better rep and a better candidate. Now I do but, believe any time he get tested.
1: I think Bill Strauss said as much. Right. Around. Yeah. He yeah, did. He, he said it look, he said it he, he, he said it here when he called in. he said, you know, this allowed me to to better communicate the work that I'm doing up on Beacon Hill.
2: Good. Good. Cuz I mean,
0: still got till November. Remember he's got
2: he's got a, a campaign. Yeah. 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 And the Swift um, will be a good candidate.
0: I think I think it'll yeah. be interesting race. Um the uh You've got to try, I mean, mm-hmm. the reality of it is is that Marcus and I have talked about this, there are people out there I might not agree with their agenda, but they put their name on the ballot, they put forward an agenda, and then they just don't do anything, so they therefore yeah. totally crater it, right, They take whatever legitimate ideas and by putting they make them look like a joke right because they're so easily defeated, yeah, because they don't try, you know mm-hmm. um and it's, it's 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 unfortunate, you know. I guess we take this a little too seriously maybe. But it's America, right? I mean, there are guys who've died on the on the beaches, right? right. For our right to vote and then people just go, ah, "It's raining. So yeah, it's raining." So, um Mayor Lang, I know we've uh, we've
1: held you over longer than you'd expected. I'll uh I'll let you um get to whatever plans that we may have um we may have ruined delayed
2: <laughs> delayed. <laughs> delayed I think it's just bringing dinner to my family, <laughs> feeding them.
0: Dinner delayed is dinner <laughs> denied.
2: <laughs> no, right, right, no, right. And, and um, I really appreciate though, uh, the opportunity to spend time with you again. I think it's a, it, I'm just gonna say this again. Uh, this fills an important public service for everybody in this area. Now you have plenty of listeners. Hopefully they'll tell their friends, tune in, it's fun. If you tune in for an hour it's, it's by the way, it's a span you there are very few people other than other than the real real committed I'm gonna listen to this show, I guess it would be for Neeson or something like that, right but I'm gonna listen to the show uh but even if you spend fifteen minutes listening you right. you, you elucidate a number of the different issues around here yeah, the other thing is that uh i I urge you, and I'm sure you already do it but um a combination of the light and and uh, BSM is a real good combination, and some social networking, real good combination to fill the vacuum to keep people informed. We we have a nice partnership with uh, Jack Splane in particular. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of uh, from the light here. But Scott, before
0: you run out on us, um, if people are looking for a lawyer, you handle all kinds of legal work. Um, how do they get in touch with uh, your law firm for any of their legal issues?
2: So, uh, I'm, and I'm happy to hear from anyone, and, and I'm happy we represent you know families businesses individuals do a lot of uh, uh complicated litigation as well as as well as uh we can help you with you know wills whatever it might be real estate Do a lot of catastrophic type of injury work so it's you know very varied uh but you would call me up and you'd call me at my law office I'll, the number is is uh i'm gonna say look in the phone book there's no such thing to we phone don't have book phone anymore. books anymore how old am i right, right? right but no but so the point is you call uh 9921270 uh, or you go on the internet look me up uh, it's not it's it's hard not to be able to get a hold of me and you tell them that uh uh you know you need to speak to me and then I'll figure out what lawyer or me in the in the firm who can help i also am sitting with a very good lawyer here in Marcus and i want people and i, I never hear him talk about that much but um there are a lot of good lawyers in New Bedford who can help and 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 you probably know many of them you meaning the listening audience right call them up, ask them for their opinion. They're always happy to help. You
0: know? Absolutely. Well, one of the things, Scott, is that, I think about this with you, is that there are a lot of sensitive issues that people have, family matters, things like that, you're very easy to talk to. So if they've got questions, you've probably seen it and probably answered it all already, right? So whatever they think is an unbelievable problem, you probably already know the answer to well, it. It's, that, right? you know, it's funny, <laughs>
2: that's true, because most most days people call me up and tell me, uh, you know, these, this is the issue I am dealing with. What do you think? And I'll say that that's not the worst issue I've heard today. Right, right. <laughs> don't, yeah, right. right. don't figure it out. Yeah, I know it's going right. to be okay. Yes. You know? right. Exactly. And, and yes. you know, and, and that's that's kind of we lawyers solve problems. You know, and they yeah. do it in a way that uh, uh, we we take every possible step to avoid compli- compli- complicity. Uh, no, I am sorry complexity complexity right. where we are complicit but complexity right <laughs> yeah right uh, we try and avoid litigation but we can get a third party to make a decision if we are unable to resolve it right. and that's and that's what we do we i tell people you come to my office with a black eye you your eye is clear when you leave we have the black eye now until we resolve the issue for right. you right? right and that's and that's what we do we go we go wherever people want us to we travel you will go to your house, whatever. But I'm not the only lawyer that does that in town. Everybody does. We have a great bar. Yes. You call your lawyer and you say, I'm sick. I need you to come to the house. they will say, well, what do you got? You tell them and say, okay, I'll meet you outside, right? Right. But we'll go to the house. Right. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Now, the, the, the other thing I'll tell you is the next time I come, I will, if you invite me back, I will do some uh, some... The comics? Some comics, yeah. Next
0: time, and we will invite you back. I'll make sure I bring comics. All right, I, guys, I'm so behind. Oh, i go, got okay. I, I to take gotta this go. break,
1: yeah. So. Hey, welcome back.
0: Always fun to have Scott. Oh, always fun. Always fun. The, um, next time... I hope um, one day I can be that interesting. <laughs> next time, boy, you gotta, you got to get, um... You're on the road. Yeah. You're on the road to it. Got to get some tread on the tires. Yeah. the, yeah. um... The, uh, next time folks, I will make sure that the cartoon is
1: Two appearances now without, without, the funnies, without the funnies. It was still great. It was great conversation. I know people are really enjoying it. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on with us. We've had a few calls in. Um, we're real,
0: uh, I love the Friday shows. So the Friday shows are, are very funny. Yeah. Um, you know, Marcus, I think that, um, it's unanimous, um, from the callers and from Mayor Lang, um, we have an issue with voting and voter returns, things like yeah. that. That's It cannot be just ignored. Mm-hmm. It can't be ignored any longer. It can't um, be. A few years ago in Fairhaven, um, the town clerk, um, we had problems with the elections. You remember that? Yep. And um, it was very embarrassing. Um there was yeah. a lot of problems yeah. there were um and it was ultimately rectified with her um retiring mm-hmm. she said you know and um there comes a time for all of us right um when we're just not getting it done that happened in Fairhaven, haven um and um it was uh it was the right thing to do you know mm-hmm. um she had the the dignity and um probably had enough people around her to, to well it's like to tell her you look at these numbers and it's like there's something happening
1: and there is you know like a correlative like you can see the timeline like okay well this happened right. and then bam
0: right. you know the voter turnout starts cratering right and um and the, the results are coming in later maybe it sounds like i'm being selfish but um i'm looking out for your interest the audience and In the interest of our sponsors, Marcus. I, I don't know how that sounds
1: uh, selfish at all, to want more enthusiasm at the ballots, right. to want the elections uh, the elections to be, um, you know, to have integrity, to be run
0: efficiently. And I know how, I, I understand. For the people
1: to get the results as soon as they can.
0: I understand the consumer behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Which is that, because I do it. If I'm not getting the information I want, I will go to another source. Even if that source doesn't have it, I'll abandon one source to try to find it somewhere else, right? So therefore, I know that to some degree, when we were trying to put together our show here the other night, on Tuesday night, with the election results coming in, and we were waiting for election results, I know that people turned the dial and went looking either or but they went to television, but they weren 't the able internet. to find it there either they weren 't either but they, but they 'd already left us at that point mark yeah that 's my point They, they, they left us because we didn 't have it that 's why we kept saying we weren 't getting it from the source, so you understood it wasn 't us that no one had it but i understand consumers and people will go particularly when they want real information in today's day and age they'll go but you know what we were able you know i think i talked about this uh the the day after you and i were able
1: to call uh, two races that nobody else could call, that's true. right? With the information that we had, that's why you should tune in on our election night coverage because with the people that we were in contact with all the time, we were able to call two local races before anybody else could
0: call them. So I will tell you that, that before the Tuesday election, right? And
1: that was Chris Markey and Bill Strauss. Yes,
0: Mark Marco, Marcus and I had called some of our sources out there, people whose information we trust, and we said, look... Can you keep us in the loop of what you're seeing on the ground? So, because we anticipated that some communities might let us down on election results, but we knew these uh, particular campaigns were going to do—they were going to be right on the ground. So we we made arrangements ahead of time so we would have the news for you, and, and we'll do it again in November. Yeah, and we'll,
1: we'll we will do it again in November. We're we're going to get an extra hour in November too, which is awesome. We're gonna.
0: <laughs> hopefully, you won't need it. But, but what happened If you I'll remember, it. if you remember, also again, things have to fall into place, and so, yeah. so until people concede, we don't get calls, and so we're gonna have all that Ironed out for November. Well, I think everybody should start playing patty
1: cake too. But let's take a break.
0: Fourteen twenty WBS Some people, man, they just don't get it. They just don't get it. You're so, hiding in plain sight yeah so marcus um the election the other night you've you've had you've done some um nice wrap up um with it you've had some great guests on here yeah uh, you had some chances to talk to some of the candidates who succeeded mm-hmm. um the field is flushing out right it's starting to flush it's been culled it's been called the the losers have been culled the <laughs> there's no losers Marcus. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> so we... Um, They've we had been some en- compromised to a permanent end. <laughs> we had some endorsements already. Uh, John Mitchell uh, endorsed the uh, Democrat ticket mm-hmm. uh, for governor. Yeah, they came down for it, too. Which I thought, I thought was a big deal.
1: I think it's significant that on their second day, like I said, they're like a newly minted ticket. Their first day, they go to Worcester. And I think that's important. You know why? Because Eric Lesser um actually won western mass by like a significant amount right, right. so like he like cleaned up there it wasn't enough to, to beat driscoll's hold here in eastern the eastern part of the, the state but they wanted to go you know to go to the second biggest city than commonwealth you know shore up some of that that base there but then the, the second day
0: that they're a ticket they're here in right. new bedford right. with mayor mitchell um the um the republican ticket is now fleshed out uh it's jeff deal um and um, I'm not happy with it. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was. I told people before that you know before the election was was cast that I wouldn't vote yeah. for him in the fall. I've seen nothing to change my mind. Um, it it um, it's unfortunate, it, but look, he'll he'll try to make his case um, <laughs> for for it um, for his ticket. I don't know um, what he's really going to run on uh, for the general election, um, but. Yeah. The uh, you know even
1: look at the you know we've we've talked extensively about the difference between Deal and and Healy and where they're at right uh, look at the difference between Leah Cole Allen who was a state rep for nine months and Kim Driscoll who was. A is a mayor for 15 years, what, considered one of the best mayors in the country, right. and also a, a lawyer that helped the c- city get out of a receivership, and before that worked in a planning office. Right. Consider, can, c- just
0: compare those two candidates. It's 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 not even close. So if you compare Jeff Deal's resume with, I'll give you an example, Bill Weld. Bill Weld had been the US attorney, right? Um, Charlie Baker, who had been a cabinet secretary, an oh, yeah. executive, all these different things. Yeah. It's just he doesn't have the gravitas, I don't think, to attract the kind of talent that he needs to man the the levers of power in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts to make the trains run on time. Yeah. And and the myriad other services, essential
1: services that they provide people that you don't even realize on a day-to-day basis. This
0: isn't an MSNBC or Fox News debate, okay? At the end of the day... The trains have to run on time, mm-hmm. right? And I just don't think that Jeff Deal has a skill set or the experience to do it. I hate to say it, but that's where we are. Yeah. You know, that's really where we are. 508 0500
2: here's what's happening this weekend um
1: yeah so that's you know there's we're going to be talking about this probably over the next couple of weeks i think we've got some guests coming back they'll they'll be joining us some will be joining us in studio some will be joining us on the phone you know we're pivoting to the general election the schedule's
0: a little different we're glad to get everybody in in the studio uh, during the primary but I, I think it was very beneficial marcus because look they get to put their eye on south coast right mm-hmm. they got to they They've had meetings with elected officials they might not have taken or might not have made it to, but they were able to put a bundle together, right? Yeah. They're going to come down. They're going to meet Ian Abreu. He's going to take them around the, the feast, and then they're going to do a hit on the radio show, right? Yeah. So that type of a bundle um, works good for the voters of South Coast, mm-hmm. um, provided they show up and vote. Yeah. Right. And provided
1: the you know the elections office can facilitate the voting for them, Correct. which seems Correct. to have been a, uh, just
0: over the last few years. Something changed in the last few years to make that difficult. So imagine Marcus, if at the end if, during the Patriots games, um, at, at the fourth quarter, we just cut the we cut the audio, so you'd never find out what the score was. Yeah, that would not encourage you to watch more football. No, right, <laughs> right. It's not going to encourage you to vote if if after the polls close you don't know who won. I think you know. People should look at that, maybe make some calls.
1: All right, uh, we'll be back for one more hour.